The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Dr. Franklin Weefault. How are you, sir? He is here. Yeah, I'm he, so glad you the, are. The royal he. It's right. hard to do the show without you. On today's show, we've got a lot of important things and some really trivial. And wait, your wait, phone wait, calls. Trivial can be important, right? Okay, we can, we'll talk and, about and that. And the thing is, yes. is that what you think is trivial winds up being important. Okay. Also, your phone calls, 919-860-9783. We are living on your radio. Call right now, and we'll get you on. Let's see, some of the other things that are we're going to deal with on today's show. CDC has expanded eligibility for boosters. I qualify, so I'm going to get in line as fast as I can. And it's very interesting about the boosters you can get All right. and, and how to get them. Pfizer says the COVID vaccine is 90% effective on children. Their booster or their shot is 90% effective. So there is that possibility that kids will be getting it. Also, there is a story. Um, it's the most clickbaity story that we've ever had. This is total nonsense like tabloid. A mother of three takes a DNA test to prove that her kids are hers. And guess what? They're not hers. It's amazing. Well, and, you know, we're going to explain how this turned out. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Don't explain now. I don't know, but we're going to. And I think that it shows an amazing aspect of the human <laughs> condition and the human body and what can happen in the womb. I think it's really yes. cool. All right. That is coming up. Also, lead story, two stories, really. One is that the Wuhan lab actually, we now know, did want to genetically engineer a coronavirus and release it into the wild. Now, that would mean, now that's what they wanted to do. Did they do it? We don't know. We don't know. Uh, I People need to understand what communism is, and yeah. especially what the Communist Party of China is, yeah. and what the historical background of the concept that individuals don't matter. Right. It is the beehive. So you have drones. And you know the drones are disposable. So we'll talk about that and what I think uh, it means in terms of this COVID business. All right. Also, we have determined, or the National Institutes of Health have announced in a letter that, in fact, yeah, they did fund research on COVID gain of function 
research on bat viruses in Wuhan. That's coming up after we talk to Ted in North Garner. How you doing, Ted? Doing all right today. How are you? Terrific. What's going on? So uh, I caught the tail end of uh, the last conversation. I wanted to get a little bit of clarity about the sure. post-COVID. Uh, I'm about four weeks out of a very severe breakthrough case. Oh, man. Uh, uh, had me in bed for about 10 days. Uh, oh. My doctor had said that if I had that vaccine, who knows, right? But uh, I heard something about sugar, inflammation, joints. Uh, I've One of the things that I've been experiencing is every joint that has been worn out in the past is just incredibly, incredibly achy and what have you. And I've been given prednisone for that. But the question I have is, what do I need to get the, the next step or the booster? Am I need to rely upon my antibodies at this point? You know, what's the best thing? Because I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. So you had which one, Pfizer or Moderna? I had Moderna. And you had both. Uh, no, I no, I had Moderna and I had both shots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, how long after that did you get sick? Uh, a couple uh, months was, or? That was April when I got it. Uh-huh. It was uh, early September when I when I got COVID. Okay. And so then you got it. First symptoms were what? Fever, cough. What were your? Uh, just uh, congestion in the mm-hmm. in the sinuses, maybe in the chest a little bit. Okay. And then. Uh, the flu symptoms started coming on three days later. Okay, and you were sick for ten days. Cough. What was the? Every, every, every single symptom. Yeah. As I explain it, it was every symptom consistent for ten days. Okay. And can I ask how old you are? Fifty-three. And how many risk factors? Diabetes, high blood pressure, anything? Treated high blood pressure. Okay. Uh, by the federal standards, I'm probably obese, but not. Okay. Uh, now, did you contact your healthcare provider and you got tested positive? But did the healthcare provider refer you for the monoclonal antibodies? No. How come? We got we did the rapid test. My wife and I, and interestingly enough, my wife never had one symptom, never got. Sick. Wow, and she was vaccinated too, right? Yeah, and she has yeah. uh, uh, immune disorders. Yeah. So, uh, quite odd. Well, so, I, uh, go ahead. Rapid tested and uh, tested and got ZPAC. And some DM Tussin yeah. doctor prescribed. Mm-hmm. Seemed to work, but next steps. Okay. I got the flu shot yesterday, too. Okay, good. Well, um, I think you would have been somebody if, and again, you're not my patient, but if I had somebody, very, in fact, I've had probably 20 people very similar to you. And we did two things. Uh, and I mean, we, the royal we in my practice, I, I, would, I pounced on my patients to get them the Regeneron monoclonal antibody treatments. And I can tell you right now, um, every single one of my patients that got that, the 20 of them, none of them got hospitalized. And all of them got better within, say, two or three days. It really does work. The other thing I, I gave these patients similar to you was I started on prednisone uh, or Medrol, the um, steroids, right away. So you were laid up for 10 days, but never were sick enough to go to the hospital. Is that right? Uh, uh, no. no. Good. I didn't go to the hospital, but you know, it was on my mind. But you felt terrible. Um, and so I think this, this is a, an example of why the vaccines are actually good. 
because I think, you know, given, you know, the fact that you got it, a uh, breakthrough case, you might have been really, really sick if you hadn't gotten a vaccine. Um, and I think that it also goes to show that that might have gotten better uh, quicker if you had gotten Regeneron because you were the prime example. Somebody early on got caught, you know, got tested and, and the, the disease was uh, discovered. And um, I think if you'd gotten the Regeneron, there'd be a very good chance you would have recovered in a day or so. Now, um, I'm glad you're doing better, and I think you're doing all the right things. Now, interestingly, you're now one of those people who are really immune, okay? They've studied this, and the people who had breakthrough cases uh, having gotten Moderna are really, really protected now. So I don't know what the answer is about getting a booster in a couple of months or a couple of weeks. I don't think they've studied that. So my feeling would be, let's wait and see, because the data is going to be there. I mean, there's so many people now have had breakthrough cases um, mm-hmm. because of Delta. And right now, 98.4% of cases in the U.S. either breakthrough or primary or Delta. So um, I'm really glad you're doing well. One aggravating fact, one aggravating fact, too, is my doctor said to me, he supposed that I was infected by multiple people. Oh, yeah. Or or two dozen people. Yeah. There are. I couldn't fight off all those different variants of all those people. uh Vaccine couldn't. Yeah. But when I came home, I only had one, one, my wife only had to battle with me. So uh, it was a, it was a large crowd of people, and I think I got several of them. And um, and that sort of came to my question: is does that make the the antibody stronger? And what do I do next? But got the flu shot. See how it goes. Well, I think that's great. And you're not, this is another example. The flu shot has has no interaction whatsoever, uh, and no um, contraindication uh, if you've had COVID recently, or if you've even had the COVID. Um, uh, uh, vaccine. Uh, in fact, you get them at the same time. So I'm so glad you're doing well. I think you're a, a really good example of what's going on in the country right now. Although, if you look at North Carolina, we're really we're really going down in the number of cases that we've had. So stay healthy. Um, and I don't know the answer as to whether you should get a booster. Um, it hasn't come out yet. Um, I don't think it could hurt you um, to get one quite frankly. But I think you're, you're, you should feel good about your chances of getting it again, which would be, I think, extremely minimal because you've got the uh, immunity from your vaccine and from getting Delta on top of it. So, Good luck to you, Tim. Good luck to you, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. You know, they're talking about yeah. super immunity. Yeah. I think I'm super immune. I really do. Yes. Yeah. I, I have been exposed inadvertently probably 20 times, and I test negative every day. I, I get the rapid test, and I do it every day. I'm going to be the last person to give it to somebody. Very good. Yeah. All right. Ed in Durham. Ed, thank you very much for calling. Yes, hello. Yeah. Thank you so much for your show. Speak right up, Ed, and tell us what's going on with you. So I have a question. I really appreciate the show, and I appreciate the wisdom that Dr. Weefold has. Um, I'm a participant in a phase three 
COVID-19 vaccine trial. Oh, yeah. For a vaccine that's not been approved. Um, I don't know if you want the name. Or yeah, something. tell us. It's okay. So it's the Novavax. Yeah, and it's not been approved yet. But right. I, I think it's going to be approved. And one of the problems with, I think Novavax is very exciting. But how did you do with the trial? How did you, how did you wind up uh, feeling? Um, the first shot didn't have a lot of effect. The second shot was, was a bit more just fatigued and tired and so on for about a day. That probably um, means you got, you got the real vaccine and not the placebo. Right. Well, and um, actually, I had my first shot in January 4th and the second shot three weeks later. Uh-huh. And that's right when, when the new the, the Pfizer and other vaccines were getting emergency use approval. Uh-huh. So they unblinded us or we could request to be unblinded, which I did. And I found out that I had gotten the real vaccine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, here, here is my concern. That's been January, so we're now nine-plus months out. Um, they sent some information in mid-September that said that they were adding a booster to the protocol and more information would be coming. Uh-huh. I have not heard another word about that since. I haven't been able to find out any more about that. And, and yes, they, they, they're pursuing approval, but you know, when I started this in January, they thought they'd go for approval in mid-summer. Then it was pushed to August and September. Now they're saying fall. Um I'm actually a little concerned that FDA may say, well, you know, we don't really have an emergency anymore. We've got some approved vaccine. We've got plenty of supply. If you want to come in for a full approval, that's fine, but we don't need to do any more emergency use approval, which could push this out even further. So my question to you really is, should I consider pursuing one of the the approved vaccines like Pfizer, basically drop out of the trial just go get the Pfizer vaccine, and can I get it? Will they give it to me as a trial participant with another vaccine? And would I treat that as a booster or, yeah. or just start over? So well, those are my thoughts. Let, let me ask you a question. Have sure. you have you checked yourself for antibodies? So there was a time when Red Cross was doing antibody yeah. tests, and I give blood on a fairly regular basis. And so, yes. During that period, I did give blood once, and I did. They did confirm that I had the antibody. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, very fascinating issue. Uh, Novavax is a different type of vaccine. It is not the mRNA. Right. So this company in Gaithersburg, where I grew up, by the way, in mm-hmm. my hometown, um, made a protein. Um, they figured out how to make a the protein that mimicked the spike. And they made a vaccine out of it and published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, it was one of the highest uh, efficacious virus, I mean, vaccines, 90% effective. So it was fantastic in the trial. And I imagine this is the trial you took, you participated in. Right. And <clears throat> the reason why it's not been approved is very unclear to me. They have excellent data. Um, they haven't submitted it yet, and I'm not quite sure why. Well, and, I, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. The information that I've seen, and it's come, I've gotten more information from the financial sector, yeah, where they've provided information to you know stockholders and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and the information they provide there is that all the drug tests, you know, the trials went well. They've got you know good response. Mm-hmm. But they had a manufacturing. Yeah, problem, and so and this is what I think you're over. right. 
<clears throat> the reason why they haven't submitted it is because if it gets approved, they're not going to be able to supply enough. Mm. But they're also, this is very interesting, they're looking at using Novavax as a booster. So since they're not going to be able to get it on the market as a primary vaccine in time, because Pfizer and Moderna work both well, but so well, and they've got a huge supply. So the concept is you've had the mRNA vaccines. They're, they've gotten your antibodies level up and challenge you with a totally different type of vaccine, which is the protein. But here's what I think. Um, I think you're pretty well protected. Um, Even nine, ten months out. Yeah. There is no data that can tell us what to do. Okay? Right. Um, I can tell you what I would do if I were in your shoes. And I'm not your doctor, and I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, But what would I do? I'd go get the Moderna vaccine. I would. Yeah, because I really believe that number one, uh, they work differently, and they work completely differently, and I think that that might be a good thing. So, for example, um, blood pressure. We used to like use one medication, right, right. and right. then bump the dose way up if you didn't respond. But what we know now is, for example, if you're on lisinopril, that works one way and it's not working completely, add amlodipine, which works in a completely different way. Right. And it's been shown to work better and actually have a greater protection. So if I were somebody that participated in the Novavax, and I I can't tell you for sure that you got the real vaccine as opposed to a placebo, but you have antibodies and you had a reaction, so I think that's a high likelihood um, I just bop down to my pharmacy and get Moderna. And why would I get Moderna? It's now come out that Moderna is probably a little better than Pfizer. Okay. Um, Moderna gives you greater protection, I think, over time. And, Ed, I just want to say thank you for your service. Yeah. Thank you for what you did. How did you get it? Who, who recruited you to get into the um, study? How would you find out? Well, it's interesting because I had, you know, when the, when the drug trials were first announced and they were you know, requesting people to volunteer, um, that I I did that early on. It, it was you know, late fall, early yeah. fall maybe, and months went by and I didn't hear anything. And then out of the blue in December, they called and said, "Are you still interested in participating in the drug trial?" And I said, "Yes." And they did off, it. Off we went. That's Fantastic. Good. Well, right. listen, let let us know what you decide to do later on. Uh, Thank you. Very interested. Would you get two Modernas or just one? If it were me, and I'm not telling you what to do again in case the medical board's listening in. If it were me, yeah. i get them both. Yeah. If it were me. Well, he's a brand-new Moderna patient. He hasn't gotten. Yeah, i get them both. I mean, I the, would get both, both right, he the, could get the both. one and the booster, if it were me. All right. That's, that's what I wanted to know. Thank Okey you. Okey-doke. Lots of other things to talk about today, including teenage girls getting ticks. Not the little teeny tiny bugs. But the ticks. It's amazing. You it, gotta you gotta look at these videos. And ironically enough, it might be because of TikTok. It's which is ticks you know, on TikTok. It's a very strange story coming up next. This is Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. All right, kids are getting ticks. Yeah, it's terrible. So what has happened? Um, There is a um, syndrome where these kids are watching TikTok. 
and they want to think they have Tourette syndrome. Now, what is Tourette syndrome? It is amazing. You, it, it, it is a physical condition where these young people, in fact, even old people, can, will have involuntary movements, and their right. face will, you know, tick, and then they'll actually say cuss words. Right. Yeah, and they just string them along. And so <clears throat> these people, these young girls mainly, have put these videos on TikTok of themselves having ticks. And one of them was really popular. It was saying, watch this. My ticks are so bad when I pick up an egg. And then she had a tick and threw it across the room and it smashed into the wall. And that became very popular. Well, what happened was a avalanche of kids going to the psychologists and going to their primary care physicians with new onset ticks. And they were having them. They were physical things. They couldn't stop them. Right. But they were mostly in individuals who had psychiatric or psychological problems. And so it was a epidemic of tics caused by the imprinting in your psychological um, uh, stature of suddenly saying, your mind was saying, I got to have these tics too. So it, they didn't develop Tourette's syndrome from watching the TikTok videos, but they had imprinted in their mind the the idea that they would have them too. Right. And so after nine months of the psychological therapy and sometimes medicines, they went away. So the, stop watching these things. And just to emphasize, there are two different conditions here. Yeah. One is an actual organic medical right. condition. And there were some people with true Tourette's who showed how they reacted on and what their condition was like on TikTok. So this right. is a true Tourette's person having the tics, having, you know, the the string of obscenities come out. And, and the other and thing is... People who thought they should have it and developed it. It's amazing yeah. um, how... Your mind can yeah. go wrong. And they couldn't stop. It wasn't as though these were voluntary tics. It right. was in, in the uh, um, individuals who developed it. They, they had it. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's just uh, amazing. So stop watching these things. Yeah. You may want to just eliminate TikTok from your menu. Well, and, and you know what's very similar? What's we talked that? about this before. Statins. Hmm. Okay. So... Everybody thinks that a statin is going to cause muscle aches, okay? So they did a study. Right. They gave people a statin and told them it was a placebo. Right. They gave people a placebo, told them it was a statin. And the people who were told that they were eating a statin but it was a placebo, they got the muscle aches. Unbelievable. Not, not the ones who really got the statin. We're going to talk to Art in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. Also on Heart Health today, we're going to talk about uh, Dave's creatinine. I didn't even know I had creatinine. Apparently, it's higher than it should be. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, potentially not a good thing. Uh, but we'll find out. You know, and if you have, like my profile of diseases, if you have uh, uh, diabetes and you have uh, 
You call them conditions, not yeah. diseases. Well, there are d- disease. Yeah. It's sort of like the word alien. You're not supposed to use it anymore. Okay. <laughs> a disease right. is doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Okay. Right? You have a All disease. Right. All right. So, so if you've got my kind of, if you're built like a, a pear and you've got diabetes and, you know, these these things happen to people like me, uh, you know, heart heart conditions and blood pressure and things like that. And follow follow your own health with my health challenges. Art in Raleigh, welcome to the program. You are on Heart Health Radio. Hey, thank you. Uh, Dr. Weefo, this is uh, something from the first hour. I missed part of it. My wife heard it. It, it was the thing you talked about, your father, and check for osteoporosis. I'm a person who bends over, bending over yeah. now. Uh-huh. And she wants me to check for osteoporosis. Right. Um, and I'm 80 years old, um, and she, she says I walk stiffly, too. I don't know if that's another factor of it. So I'm just looking for a, a, a good doctor who would do this test to find out whether... Sure. And, and, and uh, Do you have a primary care physician? I do have a primary okay, care physician. Okay, yeah. Just have, have he or she order a bone density scan. And it is a very simple thing, and it'll tell you um, where your bones are weak. There's two types of things, osteoporosis and osteopenia. And osteoporosis is when your bones are actually not building up calcium. <coughs> Excuse me. And osteopenia is when the bones are starting to just sort of uh, weaken and go away. <clears throat> so my dad had kyphosis, okay? So there's ki- there's scoliosis and there's kyphosis. And scoliosis is when your spine is twisty like a serpent. You're okay? right. And kyphosis is when it you bend over. And so, you know, people say it's bad posture. It's not necessarily just bad posture. Yeah. You can have weakness of the bones. You can get what's called compression fractures. So... The bones themselves, which are supposed to look like little rectangles, become triangles. Right. And because the bone itself is squished. And you can fix that quickly if you get it. You can get actually bone cement injections into these wedge deformities and make them back to rectangle. Mm-hmm. So, what you need is x rays. You got to get some x rays of the spine. Right, to bone f- density scan, that would do it. I'm sorry? The bone density scan would do that. Oh, yeah. A bone density score will tell you. And the, the key thing is it'll tell you your hips, whether they're osteoporotic. It'll tell you whether your spine is, too. And there are different um, uh, ways uh, to treat the different types of osteoporosis or osteopenia. Now, what do you do if you find out you have about osteoporosis? Um, hmm. My recommendation would be to see an endocrinologist. Because there are medicines now that prevent further bone loss, and those are some that you take once a week. Um, those are pills. But there are some neat medicines out now that you really need to have an endocrinologist look you over and make sure that's what you want. Um, they actually build bone back up, okay? And these are um, Reclast is one. That's a brand name, and that's an infusion. There's some infusions you can get once a year, and some twice a year. And I um, think that an endocrinologist would be really helpful. Now, it's also, I think, really important if you're starting to have that kyphosis and that bend in your in your spine to get x-rays. And the reason is uh, you can have um, compression fractures. And some of the time, sometimes, you know, you just think it's sort of an ache and a pain in your back. Yeah. And if you catch them quickly enough, you can actually fix them. 
But if the compression fracture, for example, is six months old to a year old, then it, it's, it's remodeled. It's to the point where you can't put bone cement in there and reestablish it. So if you have an x-ray that shows a compression fracture, then you need either a bone scan, um, which shows whether there's infl- inflammation in, the, in the, the spine process or the, is healing, or you need an MRI. And an MRI will tell you whether it's, it's fixable or not. But I wish my dad had gotten that because... That was the bone scan. Yes, the bone scan. Yeah. yeah. So um, what you need first is an x-ray uh, of your spine where it's curved, and then you need, a bone, you need a bone density test to tell you if it's osteoporosis. Now, people don't realize in men that testosterone has a lot to do with osteoporosis. Yeah. Um, I always talk about testosterone supplementation, and it's gotten a bad name, Um because of the weightlifters, but also because I think the NIH came out with a warning that it could cause heart attacks. That actually has been shown not to be true. Mm-hmm. And testosterone has a lot to do with osteoporosis in men. And that's what happened to my dad. His testosterone level was very low. He developed osteoporosis. He developed dyskyphosis. And it actually killed him. Because oh when he got pneumonia, his spine was so far bent over oh that he couldn't expand his lungs. He couldn't breathe. He couldn't take yeah. that deep breath, and the pneumonia just took over. And, you know, he was 92. He had a good life. But, you know, the bottom line is that's really important for people to get these things checked out. And we talk about osteoporosis as a woman's issue. It's not, especially if men have untreated hypotestosteronism. They can get real bad osteoporosis. So it's not just a female um, condition. It's for men, too. Art, thank you very much for the phone call. I hope that was helpful. Jerome in Raleigh. Hi, how are you, Jerome? Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. Hey. Hi. Um, my question uh, is I have many underlying issues, mm-hmm. and one of them is a blood clot in my heart. Okay. And they got me on warfarin right now. Okay. Um, talking to my cardiologist, he says I should not get vaccinated. Because it could cause an issue. Ooh, huh? Well, I, you know, I, do you have any other issues? I mean, do you have a clotting disorder? And also, I get to the point: is the clot in the upper chamber in the left atrium, or is it in the bottom chamber, the ventricle? Do you know? That's that's a question. I well, that's real important to know. Um, do you have atrial fibrillation? Yes. Okay, so probably. And how did they discover the clot? Was it a, a ultrasound or was it an MRI? What did they do? Uh, yeah, I, I believe it was an MRI. They was okay. looking at my pancreas issues yeah. and they discovered okay. it by accident. How long have you been on warfarin? Uh, over a year now. Okay, so the clot was discovered and then they put you on warfarin or you were then on warfarin and developed the clot on warfarin? No, when they discovered it, then they put okay. me on warfarin. And has it gone away? No. It's still there? It's still there. Lord have mercy. Okay. Well, you know, I I can say this. Um, Your cardiologist may know something I don't. Um, But I don't don't know of a contraindication to getting the vaccine if you've had a clot. Um, Johnson & Johnson uh, was associated with a slightly greater risk of blood clots. Uh But Moderna and Pfizer, eh, not really. And... um, Boy, I tell you, I I don't know of a single reason um, 
why you should not get uh, the vaccine. But again, uh, your cardiologist may know more than I do. Um, Well, maybe it has something to do with the fact that uh, I've had in my lifetime, I've had four heart attacks and an open heart surgery. Yeah, I don't think, again, I haven't... um, uh, heard that and haven't read. I read a lot. I probably read, you know, 10, 15 articles a day, and I haven't heard um, that, uh, that you shouldn't get the vaccine. So I, t- specifically ask your doctor. I mean, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the risk of a new clot? Are you talking about the clot I have growing and breaking off? And I, yeah, I just don't know. Well, let me ask, is it, is it, Typical that somebody's a clot would stay so long. Yeah, I mean, well, it... this is what happens. Okay, you can still see a a clot, but yeah. it's it's become what we call organized. Okay, what does that mean? It means that it's still there as a as a lump. Yeah, but it's covered over with um, a membrane so that it's just sitting there as a lump of, like a lump of coal in your stocking, and it's yeah. not going to go anywhere okay. because it's attached itself and become a hard mass that is not mobile. And when it's covered like that and you're yeah. on warfarin, it, clots don't accumulate on top of it. You're okay then. Right. Right. But, okay. again, not knowing this and not having seen the MRIs, I don't know. Jerome, thank you and good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck. Yeah, it's one of those. It's kind of be hard from your perspective. You really don't have somebody's chart. Yeah, well, you that's don't know under, everything. Well, that's why you know his cardiologist may know something and I don't, and that's why I'm saying, you know, follow what he says. But you know, the thing that patients don't do enough hmm. is say, doctor, what are you basing this recommendation on? Okay, right. because it could be that again, this is not with Art's case. It could be that it's just a supposition. What does that mean? It's like, well, I think you might get another clot. Right. But it's not like there's a New England Journal of Medicine article that states if you have a left atrial appendage mural thrombus that is organized, you should not get the Moderna vaccine. Oh, come on. We all know that. Well, no, but what I'm saying is you can ask your physician. And you should ask your physician. Yes, you're uh, right. About anything. I mean, if they say, you know, uh, if I'm on a warfarin, should I skydive? Right, okay. right, exactly. Well, your, your physician will say, based on uh, logical data, yeah. which states that you may bang your head on the ground, uh, it is not recommended that you skydive when you're on warfarin. I mean, yeah. okay. find out what is the physician basing his or her opinion on. And it might just be, well, I just don't think you should, in which case, you know, you might get a second opinion. All right. I want to apologize for the telephone ringing in the middle of the segment. I didn't hear it. I want you to know that I've gotten several calls from people canceling my computer um, coverage, like my computer insurance. You have computer insurance? No. That's the point. Well, I get these calls about my car warranty. Yes. I don't have a car warranty. All right. Well, here's the thing. Well, I mean, I have Ford Next warranty. time, next time they call me, yeah. you know what I'm gonna I'm uh-huh. gonna tell them. I got a 1979 International Harvester Scout with the V8 engine, <laughs> and I, I want to know whether I got I, I got six months more of coverage. Yep. 
All right, talking about things that occasionally break down. Yeah. I went to the doctor. I actually have an eye issue going on, and I was scheduled for surgery. Was it cataracts? It's a, it's, it's a no, it's not a cataract. Where, it's oh, a, it's retinal hemorrhage? It's a retinal hemorrhage. Okay. Okay. So I'm ready for surgery. You're I, prepped? I prepped. You're but all they set. hadn't yet, not prepped. But I know. But I, I ready was, to go. Psychologically, I was ready for the surgery. <laughs> okay. I just can't imagine a needle in my eyeball, okay? Forget about the I needle. I just can't. I had the needle in my eyeball in the chair in the office this is something different okay. they're gonna cut oh oh yes slice and dice and then they took a blood test uh-huh. and i've got increased creatinine levels right what does that mean what does that mean okay so the kidney is an amazing organ it's a it's not a smart organ okay it 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 but it does amazing things yes and the, the urine that you make are the poisons your body doesn't want anymore. Right. Okay. Right. So um, the kidney will take the blood into yes. what's called the glomerulus, and there are millions of glomeruli, and it's a filtration system. And so it knows what to get rid of yes. and what to keep. Okay. So creatinine is a protein that comes out of your muscles. So if your muscles are deteriorating, you, have, you can have a very high level of creatinine. Yeah. But normally, there's a level of about 1.0. That's what you're going to hear, 0.8 to 1.1. Right. That's a normal level of creatinine because right. the kidney is functioning and getting rid of the uh, excess creatinine that your body doesn't want anymore. So what happens when the creatinine level goes up? It means your kidneys are no longer filtering out the creatinine, and then by supposition, they're not filtering out the other stuff it should filter out too. Okay. So that means your kidneys are weak. Uh, They're weak in the sense that they're not doing their filtration thing. Now, what can cause this? If you have diabetes, you can get something called diabetic glomerulosclerosis. And then if you're hypertensive, you can get hypertensive nephrosclerosis. And so when you're diabetic, the glomerulus, that individual filtration unit, can get scarred up and not function well. If you're hypertensive, um, then the whole kidney gets scarred, and that's why it's called nephrosclerosis, and your creatinine levels go up. So when do you worry? Um, A lot of labs now will make you worry unnecessarily. Okay. When you have 1.1 level, they'll say you have chronic kidney disease when you actually don't. Okay. Um, but you can have chronic kidney disease and not know it. And the creatinine level can be 1.8, and then it can go to 2.0, and then it can go to 3.0, and the next thing you know, you're at 5 and 6, and you're heading for the spinner, the dialysis machine. Yes. Because it spins around when it moves your blood through. Now, what do you do? Um, you can have... Chronic kidney disease, that's from the kidney, okay? Right. The kidney ain't working. You can have an elevated creatinine because you're dehydrated. And what happens? The kidney's not getting enough blood because you don't have the blood volume. So you've been vomiting, you've had massive diarrhea, you've been out in the desert and you're dehydrated. Usually the kidney will come back as long as you catch it in time and don't starve the kidney. The other thing that can happen, that's called prerenal azotemia, if you want to know what I learned at Johns Hopkins. Yes, I pre-renal, do. Prerenal, 
means it's before the kidney gets the blood. Yeah. It's not getting enough blood. Okay. So sepsis, for example, your blood pressure drops. You're not able to get that blood into the kidney to filter it. Um, dehydration. Now, you can have post-renal. Now, what does that mean? Mm. So the kidneys filter out the blood, make the urine. The urine travels down these two tubes called yes. the ureters. Yeah. And then it goes into the bladder. Yeah. And then the bladder fills up, and then you urinate. Yes. Okay? Urinate. If you had a more handsome face, you'd be a 10. Okay? <laughs> you anyway, urinate. Urinate. Anyway, so <laughs> what happens if your prostate gets so big that the urine can't get out? It backs up. Okay. Then your bladder fills up, and it yeah. can't empty. Yeah. Then the ureters fill up, and yeah. they can't empty. And it can poison your kidney because it just can't make the urine because there's already urine there. So we always get an ultrasound and we see if the bladder is distended or if the ureters are distended. I had a great case, a guy who just over time, his prostate slowly got big. Yeah. And he came in just feeling weak. Okay. Just, and that's one of the signs of kidney failure is yes. fatigue. And we checked his creatinine and it was eight. You know, normal being really? one. Yeah. So I kind of looked at him, and he kind of looked like you and me. A yeah. A little, little pot belly. But it was kind of down lower. Okay. And so we got an ultrasound. His bladder was the size of two basketballs. Really? Yeah. So we put what's called a Foley catheter. Yes, I, I know who, what that is. I don't know who Foley is. Foley was some guy who invented it. Here's the sad part. Yeah. Mr. or Dr. Foley <laughs> invented one thing in his life. And this was the thing they named after him. Right. And it goes right into your... your into your penis, in th through your prostate, or if you're a woman. The great thing about a woman is there's no prostate. So yes. your urethra is right there next to the bladder. Right and then there. there's a balloon on the end that keeps it from falling out. So once it's in the bladder, it stays in the bladder. Now, here's the problem with yeah. him. Yeah. There, was eight, there were eight liters, which is two gallons of urine in his bladder. And you can't let that all out at one time. Not because it's going to cause a flood and you know make the doctor fly <laughs> against the wall, but the, if the bladder contracts too quickly, yeah. it'll, it'll slough off, and yeah. and all the okay. tissue will go to bed. So we so, had to let a hundred out, a hundred mLs out. Oh my gosh! And then stop it. All right. Then, but you know what? What his creatinine went back to zero point eight. So there's a lot of reversibility to renal damage. So suppose you're a diabetic and hypertensive and all of a sudden, your creatinine starts to go up. It can be renal artery stenosis. What does that mean? Cholesterol buildup in the renal arteries, yeah. not letting enough blood get in. And if you're on lisinopril or yeah. an ACE inhibitor, okay. you just get rid of that, okay. and then the creatinine will come back down, and you might get a stent in one of them. Now, it could also be an allergic reaction to one of your medicines, okay? Right. And that is called interstitial nephritis. You get you get an inflammation in the kidney. So right. some people are allergic. So, so what you're telling me it is... It could be a lot of reasons why it's going on. Or it could be that my kidney's failing. No, not failing, getting weak. Getting weak, okay. okay. So suppose you have 100 nephrons, okay, glomeruli, and now you've killed off 40 of them. Yeah. That means you got 60 left. 60 left. And remember, God gave us two kidneys, right? Yeah. You can live with one kidney. Okay. 
you can live with both kidneys functioning 60%, 40%. Okay. So what they got to do and what your doctors are going to do is try to find out how to keep it from how to keep you from losing any more. All right. And then you can live the rest of your life no problemo. Okay. All right. So well, what do you do? Fix your blood pressure and get that A1C right, the sugar to 7. Get that sugar down. Get All it, right. Get it down. And you just I'm going for some tests Monday. Yeah. So tune in next week to hear how Dave's kidney is. And I bet you it's going to be better. I I hope it will be. Yeah. All right, that's coming up. We'll talk to Marie next on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. We're shouting out Marie in Raleigh. Hey, Marie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good. What's up? You're doing great with all that's wrong with you. You know something? (laughs) All I know is that I took my car into the auto mechanic and one of the levels was wrong. No big deal. Yeah. Your check, you, Dave, your check engine light is on, it's okay? Ex- and my, we got to find out if it's the alternator or if it's the radiator <laughs> or if it's the kidney. I think it's the kidney. Yeah. Marie, what's going on oh, with you? Funny. Um, I, the uh, gentleman that called about um, the blood clot in his uh, heart. Yeah. Yes. I would, my, what I would do, I would go see Dr. Wisfall or somebody <laughs> and get a second opinion on what's going on with him. Yeah. I don't feel like you mess around with your heart. I don't, I don't you know, and the reason why I didn't say that to him <laughs> is because he obviously has a very smart cardiologist. And, sure. and the thing is, I'm, I'm pretty with it. I'm pretty with it, but maybe there is something that that cardiologist knows that I don't know. And I'm not going to say that that's not possible. You're always talking about second opinions. It can't hurt. A year ago in November, I called and asked you about, told you I had uh, dry eyes. Yeah. And um, so uh, I went to the doctor in November, and that's what he said I had. And I said, no disease, no disease, he said. So March came around. Yeah. I still couldn't. I went to another one, and I told him that I wanted somebody to give me some glasses that I could see out of. Yes. Well, I, they just gave me uh, some more glasses. Drive. Didn't say anything. I came home. I still couldn't see. Well, I just went a couple weeks ago yes. to another one. Yeah. Guess what I got? Macular degeneration. Wow. And they and didn't I look at I believe when I fell and broke my hip, I mean, broke my leg, I believe that's what caused me to fall down that step. It could be. Been, and that was a couple years ago. Yeah. So, um, but see, you, this is why it's so important to get that second yeah. opinion. So the, the other doctors hadn't looked at your retina? I mean, hadn't done that the, microscopic test? They did everything, and they told me uh, that my... Uh, uh, I had dry eyes, and uh, then when I went to this one, uh, he did the same test and came back in, and there was little things, but then he said, now I'm going to get down to, to the, you know, the big one. Yeah. And he told me, I said, well, listen, I said, I'm here. I was here to get you to give me some glasses I could see through. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, 
I said, I went to two other doctors, and they just said dry eyes. And uh, I asked them if I had any disease in there. No. And he, that doctor looked at me. He said, I cannot believe they didn't tell you you had this. Yeah. So do they, put, is, you on, do they put you on drops? It's so uh, uh, important to get. Yeah. Are you on uh, drops? Huh? Are they put you on drops for your eyes? Uh, yeah, well, I got, uh, yeah, I got to go back to him, and, uh-huh. uh, but he didn't give me any stronger glasses uh, or anything. Uh, but uh, I've really had a problem now going on a year with my eyes and just finding out what was wrong with me. Yeah. And um, I know time is running short, but there's one more thing I want to say. Yeah, quick. Um, God, we fall. Thank you so much for all that medication for 14 years you gave me. Well, <laughs> I'm still on it. My heart is great. I went to Dr. Parsons, and you know him. Yeah. Uh, and I had tests, and then went to the primary doctor. I mean, I checked out great with everything. Well, that's great. And you know what he said? What's that? Nope. Every once in a while, we'll say, speak about you again. Uh-oh. He said, he said, Dr. Weefall worked with me, said uh, we went there together, said he is a very intelligent man. And told, he was telling me that you went to Johns Hopkins and all. I said, I know. I know every bit of that. Yeah. And uh, Marie, I've got I've to gotta move along. But thank you for the kind words. Thank I you. I always will. Think about your lot. Bill wants me to give him one of those Mustangs for Christmas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you, Marie. Woman goes to the, takes a DNA test. Yeah. And it turns out her children aren't hers. No. Yeah. They, because well, they have a, the DNA pattern didn't fit. Yeah. Now, guess what she had? What? When you have, Babies in your womb. We, okay, we're, we're going to have to carry no, this just real over. quick. Real quick. No, we're all done. Let's do this uh, next week on Heart Health Radio. Right.